Now you can get even more from the Kurt Angle Show over at adfreeshows.com. Oh, it's true. Enjoy the entire Kurt Angle Show library with no ads, plus catch brand new episodes each week before anyone else does, starting at just 9 bucks. That definitely doesn't suck. What else doesn't suck? Interactive experiences that you can take part in with me. You get to jump on and ask me questions during our gold medal Q&A events. And if you joined us for Top Guy Weekend, we got to hang out together in Chicago. Adfree Shows also has tons of bonus episodes, including my recent Top 10 Dream Opponents list and watching back the night I kissed Stephanie McMahon. It is truly the gold standard in wrestling content. Get the Kurt Angle Show and all of Conrad's podcasts early, ad-free, and on video for as low as $9 a month. That's just 30 cents an episode. Head over to adfreeshows.com right now to sign up. Hey, y'all, it's Rebel with AEW. And when I'm not with the doctor helping her dominate the women's division, you can find me on adfreeshows.com every other Sunday, hosting my personal happy hour, Rebel's Happy Hour. And I would love for you to join me. It's an hour long of drinking, laughing, a little Q&A, maybe some guest surprises, and just chatting about whatever's on your mind. I promise it's a good time. And yes, it is all face-to-face. So do it now. Do it today. Sign up at adfreeshows.com and become a top guy. And tell them Rebel sent you. You know, I get the question all the time. Conrad, I know you help people save money and you help people refinance, but could you actually help me buy a house? Yeah, buddy. Come on now. Buywithconrad.com is your hookup. And let me give you a heads up. You don't need a huge down payment to buy a house in 2022. In fact, you may not need a down payment at all. There are still loan programs out there that can get you out of your apartment and into a brand new house with no money down. And I know it sounds too good to be true, but buddy, we're doing it pretty routinely. And you don't have to be a veteran, but yeah, we can still help our veterans get into a house with no money down. But more importantly, we're going to help you get on the path to buy a house this year. You see, a lot of times we have these conversations and folks say, well, I've got a little bit of time left on my lease, or I'm not sure exactly when I'll be ready or how much of a down payment do I need to save up? My advice, don't get ahead of yourself. Let's start the pre-approval process. Let's know what your new house payment could look like. You'll tell us how much down payment you want to have. Maybe the answer is zero. That's cool. And then you'll tell us what you want your monthly payment to be. And then you go shopping for your dream home. But step one starts at buywithconrad.com. And hey, did you know that when you go to file your taxes as a homeowner, you're going to get a statement back from your mortgage company that's going to say, hey, you can write off this amount of interest this year. How much of your rent are you writing off this year? None of it. Oh, and by the way, what's your interest rate on your rent? Well, that would be a hundred percent, pal. You know, you can do better than a hundred percent interest. That's what rent is. Stop throwing your money away. And by the way, we can even help you get rid of your current house and get into a better house. If you already have a house, but you think, you know what? It's time for a new place. We can help you at buywithconrad.com. That's buywithconrad.com. B-U-Y with Conrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And be sure to ask about our green light underwrite. We can actually get your file completely underwritten, and that allows you to negotiate like a cash buyer at buywithconrad.com. Well, he won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. He's a real athlete, so give him your respect. He's got intensity, integrity, intelligence, too. Oh, it's true. It's 
We are broadcasting from the Blue Chew Studios. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ANGLE at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On the show today, we'll be discussing one of my most famous WrestleMania matches. But first, I want to introduce to you my co-host, Paul Bromwell. How you doing today, Paul? Kurt, I'm doing good, but man, I'm not as good as you, buddy. Uh, you're looking nice and tan. And if you guys can tell a little bit of difference in Kurt's audio, it's because you're coming to us live from a hotel in Miami, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm down here with my wife taking a few days off, but I had to do my podcast today. I never missed my podcast. <laughs> there you go. That's called dedication. That's the dedication <laughs> that we're used to out of you, Kurt Angle. But, uh, man, I'm excited about today's show. It's officially WrestleMania season. There's a lot of buzz about WrestleMania already this year. It's going to be in Dallas, a two-night event. But we're going back to a big-time WrestleMania for you, WrestleMania 20. Uh, and we're going to get started discussing that anniversary uh, edition, the 20 years where it all began. Madison Square Garden, that's where it's at. Uh, the year before was your epic match against Brock Lesnar, which was our very first episode uh, on the show, you and Conrad. So check that out in the archives over at adfreeshows.com. But Kurt, going from the stadium of Safeco Field now to the hallowed grounds of Madison Square Garden, is it exciting to be part of the grandest stage of them all here at MSG? Yeah, there's no better place than to celebrate the WrestleMania 20-year anniversary uh, than right there in Madison Square Garden. It's the most famous arena in the world. It has so much history, especially with professional wrestling. Well, your trek to WrestleMania is very different from your trek uh, to WrestleMania 19. And really, it's not even because of you. It's because of all the moving parts in the company. And by moving parts, I mean talent leaving. Starting at the Rumble, your big moment is you eliminating Goldberg after Brock Lesnar comes out and hits him with an F5. At that point in time, did you know about Goldberg's dissatisfaction with the WWE? Yes, I did. Um, he made it pretty clear. I, I did discuss it with him one day, but, you know, I felt kind of bad for Goldberg. Uh, you, you have to remember when he was in WCW, he was marketed differently. He was a killer. He was a beast. His matches lasted two, three minutes tops. And in WWE, when they brought him in, they tried to make him into a, like a long-term worker where he's wrestling 10, 15-minute matches. It didn't work for Goldberg. But the WWE eventually smartened up because after Goldberg left after this and he came back in, you know, 2014, 15, 16, they decided to market him that way as a beast and a killer. And his matches were one minute, two minute, three minutes. That's how you make money with Goldberg and the WWE finally smartened up. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, it's He's probably trying to figure out his own way in that world, that different world of than what WCW was, uh, to your point. What was your relationship like with Bill? Did you have a, a friendship? What kind of relationship did you have with him at this time? We were friends. You know, we didn't communicate that much, but uh, Bill and I had a mutual respect for each other. And it, and it, you know, we displayed it all the time. We, we, we only saw each other at the pay-per-view, so we didn't see each other that much, but, uh, I like the guy. He's a class act. Ah, that's good. Well, the rumble is eventually won by Chris Benoit. You were in the final three though. It's you, Chris Benoit and big show. Does the show leave a bad taste in your mouth now, considering what Benoit eventually, you know, that whole situation with his wife and son? 
Well, my opinion is I never uh, put uh, uh, business and personal together. You know, Benoit, without a doubt, is one of the greatest workers of all time. What he did in professional wrestling was unparalleled. But also what he did to his family is unexcusable. But I, I usually separated personal from business. So I looked at Chris Benoit as an incredible wrestler, professional wrestler that surpassed just about everybody else's career. He's had so much success. And here at WrestleMania 20, he finally wins the WWE World Championship or the Heavyweight World Championship and uh, uh, makes his way into history. Now, you know, you're absolutely right. And you've said before, I mean, as far as opponents, he was one of the guys that you really enjoyed working with, Kurt. You guys had some of the best matches together. Yeah, he matched my intensity. He was the only guy, him and Stone Cold, are the only two that were intense enough to stay in the ring with me and, and go on all cylinders. You know, a lot of wrestlers, I had to pull back a little bit. With those guys, I didn't have to pull back. Well, Kurt, it's reported in The Observer that the original plan was for you and Benoit to be the last two before a decision was made to have show uh, instead of you. Were you happy about that? <laughs> no, it didn't matter to me. I mean, <laughs> nobody remembers if you took second or third at the Royal Rumble. They only remember the champion. So it didn't matter to me who was second. And And by the way, the spot that Big Show and Chris Benoit did at the end of the Royal Rumble was incredible. If, if people have it out there that are listening right now, you haven't seen that, you have to see how Benoit eliminated Big Show. It's pretty awesome. Mm. Well, coming out of the Rumble, do you remember if the plan was for you versus Eddie at Mania? Had it already been decided that early on at that point after the Rumble? I didn't know of anything at that particular time. I didn't find out till about a month later, and that was it. No way out. Well, speaking of no way out, perfect transition there between the rumble and no way out on SmackDown, you and Eddie have this friendly feud. Eddie eliminates you from a battle Royal to become the number one contender at no way out to take on Brock and you brawl with hardcore Holly. That doesn't really go anywhere. And it's announced that you'll take on John Cena and big show for a number one contender spot at no way out to take on the current champion at mania. Did you know at that point in time that you would be wrestling for the title at mania? Yes. In no way out. I was told I was going to be the number one contender. I was going to win that match. And everybody knew that Eddie was going to win that night at the cow palace in San Francisco. Mm. Uh, it was incredible. And, uh, Eddie's win. I knew I was going to go into WrestleMania main eventing with Eddie Guerrero. Well, it's obvious that Goldberg and Brock are being set up for each other, but there's just something off at this point with Lesnar. What do you remember about Brock at this time? Brock had a lot on his mind at that particular time. He wasn't enjoying himself uh, being on the road 300 days a year. He hated the travel, and uh, he wanted to think of a simpler life. And he thought, you know what? I could try out for the NFL if I make the NFL team. I'll be home most of the time. I only have to travel eight weeks a year just for one day because that's what the NFL does with their away games. They only go away for one day and come back. And uh, Brock just felt that better suited him. And there was a lot on his weighing on his mind at that particular time. So he wasn't the same. Yeah, no, absolutely right. He would, he would, you know, he took off after this WrestleMania and, you know, came back. But now that he's back, his schedule's much different. Than oh, the grind yeah. back then for sure. So <laughs> he would have never came back if they didn't give him the schedule they did. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, you mentioned it. It's no way out. It's San Francisco, the Cow Palace. You win the three-way over Big Show and Cena by getting Cena to tap out. You're the number one contender, Kurt, for the WWE title. That's got to feel good, exciting, heading into WrestleMania. And later that night, you mentioned it. Eddie defeats Brock in what is probably one of the biggest pops ever for the WWE title change. Talk about that night, the fan reaction. Just what do you remember of that whole uh, experience? It was pretty incredible. I mean, Eddie Guerrero was wrestling at the Cow Palace in San Francisco. Incredible Hispanic following. And I'm telling you, every one of them showed up to cheer on Eddie. And it was one of the loudest pops I've ever heard in my life. Buddy, listen, as a fan of wrestling, uh, you obviously were an amazing in the ring. Eddie, just as spectacular. This is a dream match for many, if you think about it. And now we're going to get it at WrestleMania for the championship. Are you excited and hyped to be working with Eddie as much as we fans are excited and hyped to see you (laughs) at WrestleMania for the title? Yes. Eddie was one of the greatest of all time as an overall performer, his character. He was so entertaining. Uh, His in-ring skills were incredible. He had a great look. Uh, just everything about him um, just shined star. You just knew he was a superstar. And Eddie Guerrero is one of the greatest workers I've ever been in the ring with. And I knew I was going to enjoy it 100%. So there you go. You're talking about his in-ring work. I want to delve a little bit deeper, though, with you, Kurt. I want to talk about you and his relationship because there's been a lot of rumor and innuendo out there, as Conrad would say, uh, about you two not getting along. Uh, tell us in your mind, was it an up and down relationship? Tell us about more about Kurt and Eddie behind the scenes. Well, Eddie and I, we, we fought like brothers. We loved like brothers. We were basically brothers and yeah, there were times we didn't get along times. We clashed heads. Uh, we even got into a fist fight one time. Uh, it was, it, it was just a very passionate relationship. And, uh, you know, a lot of things were occurring at that particular time. Things weren't going so well for Eddie. His body was breaking down. You know, you could tell he had less energy and he was getting really frustrated at this particular time in his career. And I was there to witness it. And, you know, it, it became very frustrating to me and him and I would butt heads. And But but at the end of the day, we were hugging. So, you know, it, it, we, we fought like brothers, but we made up and loved like brothers too. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Time to tell you about something I'm super passionate about protecting your family. Yes, this is a life insurance ad for goliathlife.com. But to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit goliathlife.com. And I mean, right now, and just personally, I've lost two friends in their forties this past year and a half. And I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through. Had they not had life insurance, 
If you don't have it, get it. Protect your family. And I suggest you go to goliathlife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance super easy. Goliath Life streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes for more than 20 carriers within minutes. And you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price, you start the online application immediately, and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. And I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork, and the crazy invasive conversations. Goliath Life makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle. Hell, not even a phone call. Goliath Life is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at goliathlife.com. So when you say you fought and you even broke out into a fist fight, was it creative and wrestling? Was it personal stuff? Can you talk a little bit more about maybe what some of that stuff was? It was basically wrestling. With Eddie Guerrero, it's always wrestling. That's his life. That's what he does. Uh, that's what he resembles. And, uh, you know, a lot of stuff. One time it was uh, we got in a fight because uh, my part of my posse, uh, Luther Reigns and Mark Jindrak, stiffed Eddie in the ring one night and I was in the ring there and in the ring with them too, but I didn't touch Eddie and he came backstage and he was waiting for me in gorilla. And I got there and he said, what the hell are you doing? You're stiffing me out there. I said, Hey, I didn't touch you. And Eddie pushed me, shoved me and I shoved him back. And then he tried to double leg me and I got him in a chokehold and I started choking him out and a big show grabbed both of us and separated us and told us to calm down. But it, this is stuff that just happened. It was uh, it was mainly wrestling related. Uh, it had to do mainly with Eddie's health. Mm. Well, you're both baby faces coming out of no way out, but you turn on Eddie on the SmackDown after the pay-per-view. Were you excited to be playing a heel again? Well, I didn't have a choice. You know, Eddie is a baby face. Everybody loved Eddie Guerrero. They loved this light, cheat, steal gimmick. He, he, he was, even when he was a heel, he was a baby face. So it was relatively easy for me to cross over to be a heel against Eddie. All I had to do was attack him. Mm. Fans adore him. They absolutely love him. And they're never going to boo Eddie Guerrero. Uh, yeah, you were, you were definitely the de facto heel in that one. You just, I just think about Eddie and the dance around the ring and he was yeah, so red hot. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, you lay out Chavo Sr. in the back because he was going to be the special guest ref, and now you take his spot for Chavo Jr. and Eddie in the main event. Eddie hits the frog splash. You beat him down, and Eddie bleeds, and it's a hell of a heel turn. Rey Mysterio even comes out and tries to save Eddie, but you dump him out of the ring. What is it like working with someone like Eddie and how over he was to do a massive heel turn like this? This is red hot, dude. Yeah, you know... Eddie Guerrero, you turn on him, the fans are going to absolutely hate you. And, and everybody knows this. I mean, Eddie had uh, the ability. Uh, he was he was as big of a star as Stone Cold Steve Austin. I know a lot of people won't agree with that. But listen, the fans absolutely loved Eddie. And what he did for the business and what he did in the business was unparalleled. And the fans, his popularity especially soared after he won the world title against Brock Lesnar. My goodness, what a talent. Well, the next week on SmackDown, you go out and cut a promo about why you turned on Eddie 
You say he's a bad representative for the belt since he lies, cheats, and steals and is a drug addict. Did you like bringing this type of wording into an angle with Eddie? No, I didn't. Uh, I was really uncomfortable with the drug addict thing. I probably shouldn't have said it. It was uh, suggested by the writers, and I followed it to a T, which I probably shouldn't have, uh, because I understand what Eddie went through. I went through the same thing, too. And, you know, it's something that you just you don't bring up. It's it's very tasteless to bring it up. And uh, but but it got me a lot of cheap heat. And uh, that was something that the writers wanted me to get. Many people have asked me, why, Kurt? Why? Why did you attack Eddie Guerrero last week on SmackDown? Well, here's the truth. I attacked Eddie Guerrero because it was the right thing to do. I didn't attack Eddie Guerrero for me. I attacked Eddie Guerrero for you. I attacked Eddie Guerrero for the fans of SmackDown for all the WWE. I attacked Eddie Guerrero for America. See, understand this. Eddie Guerrero is a former drug addict. He tells children that it's cool to lie, cheat, and steal. Because the people in America, the fans of SmackDown, need to understand this. That America was, was built on morals and character. And we need to go back to our fundamental principles. You see, I'm only one man. But someone needs to sacrifice for the betterment of this great nation. For the benefit of our children and for our children's children. The United States of America has given us the freedom to make our own choices. And we need to make those choices with a clear conscience. And do you think Eddie Guerrero has a clear conscience? I don't. Because it's only a matter of time before Eddie falls off the wagon again. Because that's what all drug addicts do. 
drug addicts, listen up people, a drug addict is the last person we need to represent us as the WWE Champion. That's why when Eddie Guerrero won the WWE Championship, I couldn't just sit there and let Eddie destroy the morals that are the cornerstone of the character of this nation. You know what? It really hurt me. It hurt me to attack Eddie. It really did. I prayed over it. I made a deal with the devil and Paul Heyman and Chavo and Chavo Sr. But it was the right thing to do. And I know I will pay the price of sacrifice and scrutiny for what I've done. But I will tell you this, I will make it my mission to put an end to the Eddie Guerreros of today, to make this world a much better place. And just like the great American heroes who have been ridiculed in the beginning, are revered in the end. One day you will thank me. You will thank me for the role model that I am. For the American hero that I am. You will thank me for the champion that you can be proud of. By now, you know that everything is crazy overseas and well, that's created some volatility in the market. We actually saw rates tick down a little bit this week. We don't know how long it'll stay that way. All the experts are predicting that there is going to be a rate hike this month in the month of March. Some are saying 25 basis points. Others are saying 50. What does that mean? It means waiting will cost you money. And by the way, I want to mention this is still a once in a lifetime opportunity just based on your real estate values. You see all of a sudden your house is worth considerably more than it was just a couple of years ago. And as a result, you can use that newfound equity to change your life. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners take their 30 year loan and pay it off in half the time. And how can they afford to do that without their payments going sky high? We get rid of all their other debt. And I mean it as a heads up. What would you do if you had no credit card debt? Just like that. It was all paid off. How much easier would life be if those car payments, they're out of here. No more car payments. That is the story that we're able to help our friends and family with at SaveWithConrad.com. You see, the interest you pay on your credit cards, not tax deductible, and sky high. The interest you pay on your car loans. Buddy, where is that going? What if we could restructure all of your debt, use some of this newfound equity, and at the same time, get you out of debt faster? You see, what we're talking about is reducing the time on your mortgage. Yes, we're going to get you a great rate. But if you're in a 30-year loan, think about what your life looks like 30 years from now. Man, life gets a lot easier when you're completely debt-free, and that's what we want to help you do. 
And by the way, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And oh, as a heads up, if you've been thinking, hey man, I like my house, but my kitchen's kind of outdated. What if we could get you the cash you need to turn your average kitchen into something your wife loves and it wouldn't change your monthly payment at all? Why wouldn't you do that? You see, you'd be reinvesting back in your own property. That's going to make your house worth even more. And oh yeah, you can do it with cheaper monthly payments at SaveWithConrad.com. Now, I know it sounds too good to be true, but I want you to go check out our reviews for yourself. See what some of our new family members are saying at ConradReviews.com. You'll see there we've got over a 1,000 verified reviews. Our average rating is 4.72. And if we were a restaurant with a 1,000 reviews and a 4.72 rating, I know where you're eating dinner, and I know where you need to do your next loan. It's SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? That's SaveWithConrad.com. Well, you're working Eddie on all the house shows. Can you explain what made Eddie such a great worker, Kurt? He was an innovator. He had uh, such innovation with wrestling moves and spots. He would structure matches better than anyone in the world. And he was one of the best improvisers. He could change the match on a dime and uh, do go to a different uh, psychology and then go back to the first psychology that he was doing in the first place. He just had a knack for wrestling. He was born in the business and he was going to be forever a wrestler. Kurt, you were just talking about it and we had mentioned it before about, you know, the drug addict piece and that being brought into the storylines. And, and you said, Hey, I even dealt with some of my own demons with that. We all know your story when you're dealing with your demons later on in your career. Do you think about, or when you're going through some of that stuff, Hey, Look what happened to my friend, Eddie. If I, if I don't get my life cleaned up and, and, and fixed and figure out what I'm doing here, this could, this could easily be how things turn out for me. Is, is that something that you reflect on when you're going through some of your own trials and tribulations? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, Eddie lost his life and whether it was to, you know, I, I, I don't know what happened with Eddie or, uh, you know, I know he had a heart attack and I'm sure that, uh, the drugs probably contributed to it. Uh, also, probably professional wrestling, the physicality of it. His body was really banged up at this particular time. And uh, so Eddie uh, was, he definitely resembled um, uh, what can happen to you uh, if if you go that in, in that direction. And I knew that. So I was well aware of that. Mm. Well, listen, Kurt, there are rumors that start to circulate around this time that Brock Lesnar is unhappy in the company, and it might not be just Goldberg leaving at WrestleMania, but Brock too. Did you talk to Brock about it at the time? What were his feelings? Did you try to give him some advice? Talk to us about uh, any conversation you have with Brock around this time. Well, Brock had a private conversation with me about a month before WrestleMania, and he, um, he told me that he wanted to try out for the NFL and that he didn't like the travel that the WWE produced for him every year. He just didn't want to be on the road that much. And uh, so he told me he wanted to try out for the Minnesota Vikings. He actually contacted the recruiter and uh, they were interested. And uh, so he asked me, what should I do? Should I tell Vince now or should I wait? And I told him, listen, if I were you, I'd wait till after WrestleMania. And then tell Vince that you're unhappy and that you want to leave the company. But Brock decided to go back home. And he told Vince right, right when we got back home from the tour, when he was talking to me on the tour, that's what he told me about 
uh, him wanting to leave. So he ended up contacting Vince, and that's what uh, enabled Vince to decide that Brock would do the job. Vince already knew Goldberg was leaving. He didn't know Brock was leaving at this particular time. But when Brock came home from that tour and told Vince, it, it hurt Vince. It, it stung. And uh, so everybody knew that, you know, if Brock was leaving and Goldberg was leaving, most likely Vince is going to probably stick it to Brock because Brock was younger. He was full-blown WWE. He was WWE his whole career. Goldberg came from WCW. So, you know, uh, Vince just, when you're part of his company, when you start out, he wants you there forever, you know? And when you leave, uh, Vince can be a little bit unforgiving. Brock, you hurt Vince. Vince is going to stick it to you on the way out, essentially, is what happened. He what can. Happens. He doesn't always do it, but he can. Yeah. Uh, well, we move on uh, with the Eddie storyline. He's arrested on SmackDown and gets beaten up by you before being loaded into a police car. I know this is some inside baseball, Kurt, but is it hard to protect someone when they're handcuffed? Yeah, yeah. It's it's really difficult, and, and it's hard to uh, – when you know somebody's handcuffed and you have to beat them up, um, it's really hard pulling punches because when you're natural, you got your hands in front of you and you're protecting yourself, you can block some of the punches and they won't get to your face. But when you have your hands behind your back, tied behind your back, you're vulnerable and your chin's out. And, you know, the if you throw a punch and it's pretty stiff, it can knock you out because you're vulnerable. Your chin's out, uh, you know, your arms are behind your back. It, it is a very difficult thing to do is to get heat on someone when, they, when they're when they handcuffed, especially if you don't want to stiff them. And you don't want to stiff Eddie Guerrero. We'll see that. Now, that's my question. Is Eddie going to come to you knowing this is going to happen and be like, hey, lay it in. Let's make it look as as, as real as possible. Or, uh, you know, he's tried to beat you up before for getting stiff. So you got to think about that, too. What, what's that look okay. like? Okay. What did I say 10 minutes ago? <laughs> what happened with Eddie? And yeah, you guys got an altercation over it. That's right. Yeah, so Eddie did not like to be stiff. And I think a lot of the reason was he was really banged up. And, and you know, the, the less physicality, the better for Eddie. And uh, I do believe that's probably why. Uh, I, I think that if he was 100% healthy, he would have said, lay in, do whatever you want. Yeah. But Eddie at this particular time was very vulnerable. So th- this was a tough time for Eddie. Uh, and that makes it tougher for you having to, you know, wallop a guy who's handcuffed, making sure that you're not getting, you know, getting stiff and snug with some of those shots. So not easy for either one of you. And you know, he's going to be upset if you oh, do Oh yeah. So oh, he's got a little pissed. bit of pressure on you. Yeah. You know? No pressure, Kurt. I'm handcuffed. Here's my face. <laughs> smack it around as much as you want. But if you really smack it, I'm coming after you. Oh my. I don't think that. Wait a minute. Whoa. WWE champion, Eddie Guerrero, attacking Kurt Angle. Where the hell did it come from? Eddie Guerrero attacking Angle. And now in pursuit. Oh, Eddie found to get his hands on Kurt Angle here tonight. Oh, right there. Officers, officers. I want you to arrest Eddie Guerrero. I want Eddie Guerrero placed under arrest. How dare you? How dare you? He came into my arena with malice in his heart. He busted into my office. He assaulted a woman for crying out loud. Now your family may tolerate you assaulting a woman, but I will not tolerate you assaulting a woman 
and assaulting Kurt Angle on Paul Heyman's SmackDown. I want the cuffs put on him. I want him escorted from my arena. Place him under arrest. You're spending the night in jail. You make me sick as a champion. jail and you think about me you're no champion Eddie you're nothing you're an embarrassment you're an embarrassment to the title Eddie and I'll be proud to take it from you get us out of here you're mine Eddie that title's mine you don't deserve it man I love talking about the good old days here on the program and unfortunately well the good old days for a lot of us also mean the bedroom. Not anymore. Not thanks to Blue Chew. Fall is here, and boy, we could all use a stiff breeze. You know the deal. This episode sponsored by Blue Chew. And you know, they say confidence can take you far in life, but maybe more so than ever in the bedroom. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. You can take these dudes anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And here's the best part. It's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package. And guys, I've heard the lady say there's nothing sexier than confidence. Well, Blue Chew can help give you that confidence you need where it counts. And if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free 
when you use our promo code angle and check out, just pay the $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is angle to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank blue chew for sponsoring the podcast. Well, you're one week out from WrestleMania 20 and Brock Lesnar, he's leaving. He's, he's, he's out of there. Uh, did you think this was good or bad news for the show? Uh, when you're told Brock is leaving, I, I don't, I mean, this can't be good news at all, right? No, no. Brock is one of Vince's guys. He was one of the top guys. I mean, he was only on TV for about two years, but they pushed him really hard from the beginning and Brock earned his spot. And I, I really believe that Vince was, uh, really upset when Brock decided to leave and, uh, you know, Brock, uh, uh, you know, he ended up going to the NFL and trying out, you know, he, he made it to the final cut, didn't quite make the team. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, stuff happens and Brock Lesnar, him leaving, Vince was pretty upset about it. And you know what? We can all look, sit here in our, our, our quarterback in our recliners and look back and say, you know what? It all worked out because Brock became even a bigger star with that UFC name recognition for Vince ultimately. So that when he came back, he was even a bigger name, you know, as marketable as Brock was, he actually became more marketable. That's right. So it all worked out. So was there any conversation with you and Eddie about being the main event compared to Benoit Hunter and Sean? No, but we knew that we could have taken the main event. Eddie and I were very confident we'd have the best match on the card, if not one of the top two best matches on the card. So, uh, you know, it didn't matter who was the main eventing. We were both co-main events. Uh, We knew one match would go on in the middle of the show and the other match would be at the end. Unfortunately, we didn't go at the end, but I was okay with that. (laughs) Well, when you get to the building and you see the match lineup, you got rock and sock connection against evolution. and, And that's the fourth match. You have Goldberg versus Brock on seventh. And don't forget Stone Cold's the guest referee for that one. You have a women's hair match between Victoria and Molly Holly on ninth, which is right before you. Molly's getting her head shaved as they're doing the promo for you two to come out. Do you look at the card and go, shit, that's a lot to follow? Yeah, we know it was a lot to follow, but you have to remember every WrestleMania, there's a lot to follow. Everybody's going to be at their best. They're going to be performing at their best. They're going to come up with their best ideas, best storylines, concepts. You know, WrestleMania is WrestleMania. It's a doggy dog world out there, and you have to survive as much as you can. That's right. They were doing your promo. Molly Holly was there getting the old Kurt Angle uh, haircut on stage, (laughs) and then they, they would bring you out. So we talked about it, the Brock versus Goldberg. I know we talk about it a lot and it's a highly scrutinized match because they were getting booed out of the building. Are you in gorilla since you're two matches away or, you know, are you watching this match anywhere? I was backstage watching it on the monitor and it was crazy. I mean, the fans really turned on those guys. They shit on the whole match. And, uh, this is a, this was a big feature match. This was a money match for the WWE. It's a dream match that everybody wanted to see. But because both guys were leaving the company, the fans didn't want to see it anymore. (laughs) They certainly didn't. Uh, They had no appetite for it. They felt like they were traitors. They were leaving them high and dry, and nobody gave a shit because who won or lost didn't matter at that point. And uh, the crowd let them know all about it. I think the best part was at least Austin being involved and having to 
getting to pop some beers and throw up a few middle fingers. Do you remember talking to either one of the guys after, after the match at all? No, I didn't want to talk to them. I, I knew they were going to be upset and it just wasn't the right time to approach them and say, what happened out there? Why were they shitting all over you? It just wasn't the best thing to say at that particular time. So I passed on it. That, I could see the, the comedy side of Kurt Angle. That'd have been a fun backstage <laughs> skit. What happened? I don't get it with a cowboy hat on. How about Austin? Did you ever get to talk to Stone Cold about his thoughts about how the match won or anything like that? No, I wish I would have because I love when Steve gives me his feedback and his opinions on stuff. He's pretty funny about that, but uh, I didn't ask him. And Actually, I didn't even see him that night. Well, listen, you and Eddie, it's you and Eddie. That's what we're here to talk about. And I know you guys, you have to be going out trying to steal the show, right? Oh, yeah. Eddie and I knew we could steal the show. We at least knew we'd be one of the top two matches because... We also knew that HBK, Benoit, and Triple H was going to be pretty damn good. And we knew that uh, we were either going to be the best match on the card or the second best match on the card. And I do believe that we accomplished that. Yeah, I think up to that point, the Rock and Mick Foley versus Evolution match was probably the best point up to that match. So you guys got to feel like, hey, this is ours for the taking right now. And you went out and really crushed it, man. Yeah, we did. We had a lot of fun, too. And Eddie Guerrero, geez, uh, what he was able to do in that match and how he pulled the fans in and just had them cheering for him and going crazy for Eddie. Uh, Eddie was really good at that. He, he was great at, at get sucking fans in, get the, getting them emotionally involved, whether he was a hero or a babyface. He was just incredible. Well, Kurt, let's get to the match. What do I got to do to put the champion away? Well, Kurt Angle looks like he's got his head together, oh, no. but the straps are coming down, Daddy. It's go time for Kurt Angle. The straps are down. There it is. Here the we go. Is in. The champion's in trouble. Kurt is dragging Eddie to the center of the ring with the ankle lock locked in. Right in the middle of the ring, the ankle lock is on, and again, another counter. Right, counter. Oh, first down. He did it. Eddie Guerrero almost oh. on. Eddie Guerrero had Angle all tied up. It's with the right hand. Kurt Angle. German suplex. Another German. How hard did Guerrero hit there? And just when Eddie Guerrero looks like he's going to turn the corner and gain the advantage, Kurt Angle knocks him well, down. That's knocks. the effectiveness of a, of a well-applied and impactful suplex. You can plant a guy quick and you hear Angle say, get up, get up. Eddie, the suplex is taking the toll on Eddie. Oh, 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 oh. That DDT on that surgical And here goes neck. Eddie. Here goes Eddie. Oh, man. Kurt's in trouble, man. Eddie Guerrero. Yes, Kurt. He's got it. Baby. He's got it. He's got it. Did Kurt prevail? I don't know. Nick Patrick, the referee, says Kurt got the shoulder up. I can't believe it. Eddie can't believe it. I can't believe it either. And neither can Madison Square Garden. Don't waste time now, Eddie. Gotta get on him. The champion needs to attack Kurt Angle right here, right now. Kurt Angle got planted with that DDT, though, man. Take another look at the high-flying champion. Check this out. Look at that. Connecting. Laying it all out. the cover. That one. Oh, we couldn't see it, but apparently it happened. He kicked out. Angle did. Nick Patrick, the referee, said it. And Eddie, right back on the attack of Kurt Angle. 
Eddie trying to lift that dead weight of the challenger angle to his feet. Maybe he felt the sweat swelling up. Maybe his ankle could be it's obviously killing him. It could be swelling up. And if those boots are tight, well, yeah, it's the, really going to keep the, the boots can hold it. And, well, the blood flows right to that injury when you know when the, the pressure was applied with the ankle lock. And well, look at the agony the champion's in. Kurt Angle, he might he might have a broken ankle, Cole. And Kurt Angle, if he could get back into the ring, could take advantage. I think the well, champion well, I, I, I think Eddie's trying to get that was trying to get his boot off. His ankle was broken, but now Eddie knows he's in trouble. Oh, he's trapped. Eddie's trapped for sure. And Eddie's been dragged to the center of the ring. This is it. The ankle lock is off for a fourth time in this match. Will the champion tap out? Just tap out. And the ankle lock. Just tap it. Wait a minute. The boot went flying. The boot came off. Look at this. Small package. One, two, three. He wins. Eddie wins. Eddie wins. But that's a win. The Shin Right from Dave Meltzer, you and Eddie go 21-32, and here's the recap from The Observer. Eddie Guerrero penned Kurt Angle in 21 minutes, 32 seconds to keep the SmackDown title. After the crowd crapping on the Goldberg match and being bored for the next two, they were way quiet, even for Guerrero's entrance. The match started with a lot of very good wrestling on the mat. It reminded me of a world title match in the early 70s from Florida Wrestling. Guerrero went for a plancha to the floor, but Angle moved, and Guerrero caught his ribs on the barricade. Angle worked over the ribs for several minutes. He did a couple of overhead belly-to-belly suplexes that only Kurt Angle can do. Sorry, I added that part. Uh, <laughs> and so there we go. And he did, uh, Angle went up for a belly-to-belly superplex, but Guerrero shoved him off. Guerrero missed a frog splash. They traded superplexes and cradles for near falls. Guerrero was going for his triple vertical spot, but Angle reversed it into an ankle lock. Guerrero escaped. Angle did his arm whip superplex. He did another ankle lock. Cool spot where Guerrero reversed an angle slam into a DDT and then hit a frog splash for a near fall. Angle did the ankle lock again, but Guerrero struggled forever making the ropes. Guerrero sold it like his ankle was out and began unlacing his boot like he wanted to take it off. This is the drama of the match. I love it. Angle put the hold on again, but the boot came off. Angle charged back at him, holding Guerrero's boot, and ended up in a quick cradle with everyone all over the ropes, but the ref counted three. 
four stars from Dave Meltzer. Kurt, it's such a classic finish, and it's replayed so much on WWE TV. Who came up with this? Eddie Guerrero. Two weeks before WrestleMania, we were somewhere touring, and he pulled me aside at a hotel, and he said, listen, I came up with an awesome finish. You're going to love it. And Eddie told me what he wanted to do. You know, me having the ankle lock, and he ends up coming out of his boot and uh, ends up rolling me up and pinning me. And I thought, wow, this is genius. I said, hey, this plays right in your character. Lie, cheat, and steal. And it protects me at the same time. This is awesome. This is one of the best finishes. People are going to remember, remember this finish from WrestleMania forever. Oh, and they absolutely do, Kurt. When you think of some of your top matches, this has got to be in your top 10, right, of all time? Maybe top five? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Eddie Guerrero, WrestleMania 20, definitely in my top 10. There you go. And, uh, and you know, so who was your agent, uh, for this match? Do you remember who the agent was? I believe it was either Johnny Laurinaitis or Pat Patterson. I can't remember entirely, but it was one of those two. In your mind, was this one better than you and Brock? Oh, uh, that's tough. I mean, my match against Brock was pretty damn good too. And it was different. Brock was a bigger guy, 320. Eddie was 180 pounds. Just a different match, a different style, different psychology. So it's really hard to compare them. Understood. What's the reaction that you get walking through the curtain after that match? What did Vince think? Everybody booed me and was spitting on me. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, let's, no, let's no, tell, let's tell the story ovation, that way. It's standing great. ovation. <laughs> Vince McMahon got up out of his chair and hugged me and said, I'm proud of you. You did an incredible job. That's when you know that you nailed it is when you go back and people are giving you a standing ovation, all the wrestlers, and Vince McMahon gets out of his chair to hug you. That's a huge compliment. Well, and plus two, Kurt, you got to, you know, this, the expectations are already exponentially higher because it's WrestleMania. So then to not only deliver, but to deliver that well at a WrestleMania that Trouble. Vince gets up to, to cuddle with you. I mean, man, that's fan, <laughs> fan freaking tastic, brother. That's awesome. It's a great feeling. You're right. Yeah. And you know, it's WrestleMania. So the payday is probably going to be pretty good too. So it's a win it's all around brother. Fantastic. Yep. Yep. It's, You're a happy man. WrestleMania season. It's like, man, I'm not only getting drinking one gallon of milk. I'm drinking two tonight, baby. <laughs> well, we have the closing scene of the show and it features Chris Benoit. Who's now won the world title hugging Eddie Guerrero. Is this moment that Eddie gets to have soured in your mind because of it being wrapped with Benoit? I don't believe so. It was such an incredible moment. You're talking about two undersized guys that didn't have a chance in the business that worked their asses off and made it to the top in the biggest, most popular company in the world. And they're both world champions. It's such a great moment. It's one of my favorite moments of all time. And I think if fans you know, separate uh, the business from personal and say, man, Benoit put on incredible performance. Him and Eddie were the first two undersized world champions that were champions together. Uh, it was just a great moment. And uh, I really believe fans still enjoy that moment. Some fans might not agree with it because, you know, what Benoit did with his family. But for the most part, it was such a great moment. It, it was historic. Now, Kurt, listen. Uh, you come through, it's celebratory, it's hugs, it's all this, you know, it's all face paintings and pony rides until this happens. And what we have since found out was after that match or the show, depending on who you talk to, 
You call someone and let them know that your fingers are numb. Who do you call? When do you feel hurt? We know you're coming off of two neck surgeries within the last year. Are you starting to get scared at this point? Yes, I was terrified. I couldn't feel my hands. What happened was I did a suplex off the top rope at WrestleMania against Eddie Guerrero, and I broke my neck again. This is three times in a year and a half. I was terrified. And I called Johnny Laurinaitis, and I told him about it. I told him I'm going to go home and get x-rays and MRIs, and I'd let him know what's going on. And I found out that I broke my neck again. My goodness, Kurt, the decisions made to take you off the talent roster and you're immediately made the general manager of SmackDown. And I'm assuming this is all done, right? To take caution because your body is once again, broken neck, as you said it. And they're trying to figure out, I guess, next steps for you. Yeah. I mean, they, they knew the next steps for me. They knew that I'd have to take some time off. I couldn't have surgery again uh, because I was put under twice in a year. I had to wait another six months if I wanted that to occur. Uh, but WWE, uh, they decided to make me general manager. And Vince McMahon didn't want the whole world to know that I broke my neck again. So he decided to pretend, you know, do a storyline on TV where I where I messed up my knee. I, I, I broke my knee or, you know, broke my leg. And I was in a wheelchair as the general manager. So that's the direction I went was uh, pretending that I hurt my leg and I was going to be general manager for six months. And, and let myself heal and then come back and wrestle again. So we're way, way far removed from this time period. Be honest with us, Kurt. Would you have rather looking back at it now, gone home and rested and rehabbed or stayed on the road like you did? I would have rather went home and rested and rehabbed. That was the best decision for me. It's just that I didn't want to leave the show. I loved what I was doing. I wanted to continue working, whether I was wrestling or not. And Vince McMahon did me a favor by making me GM. I actually wanted to do the GM role. And I think Vince wanted me to stay at home and rest. But I didn't want to do that. And I, and I regret it to this day. What is your favorite memory from this time period, Kurt? We talked about it before. Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit standing in the middle of the ring, WrestleMania 20, both world champions, undersized, didn't have a chance in the business, not of being world champions because it's a big man's business. And these guys surpassed that. They, they made it to the top of the uh, totem pole. Uh, you know, just, they, they actually made their dreams come true and, uh, and motivated a lot of under other undersized wrestlers to get in the business. Uh, they just opened up a whole new can of worms and, uh, you know, became uh, icons for people to look up to. All on the grandest stage of them all. You're absolutely right. Because then eventually we'd see Rey Mysterio do the same thing. Daniel yes. Bryan would hold both championship belts up at WrestleMania. They so broke the barrier. They yes. did. You're they absolutely right. They broke the mold. Well, Kurt, we have some, uh, some fan questions that we're going to get to. And uh, a couple of them are from Twitter and some are from ad free show members. So if you're ready, we're going to jump into them. Let's do it. All right. First is Eddie Bamber. And he says, Kurt, if Eddie was still alive today, do you think he would still be in the wrestling business? And if so, where would he be? And what would he be doing now? That's kind of a tough question to answer, but what do you think about that? Well, Eddie would still be in the wrestling business. He would be an agent or a producer. Uh, Eddie was very innovative in wrestling. He was very creative and he was born in the business. 
So he was going to stay in the business forever until the day he died. It was which in is his what blood. he did. Yeah. yeah. It was in his blood for sure. Aaron has a question and he says, whose idea was it to bring up Eddie's addiction in the buildup for the match? And was Eddie cool with that direction? It was the writer's idea. I wasn't crazy about it. I don't know if Eddie was crazy about it. Um, I do believe that they ran it by him. He said it was okay. But me personally, if somebody wanted to say that about me, I'd have a problem with it. So I, I do have to, I really believe that Eddie just didn't want to rock in it, rock the boat. I think he didn't want uh, to upset anybody. So he just said, go ahead and say it. And uh, I do regret saying it though. Do you feel, Kurt, if you or Eddie in that situation, you said yourself, if they wanted me to say something like that about myself, I'd probably have a, a problem with it. Do you feel like you were in an environment where if you or Eddie step up or stood up and said something to the writers about that creative direction that they would accommodate you in shifting? Did you feel like the creative team and the writing team and those, the powers that be would work with you guys if you felt very strongly about something they were trying to have you say creatively that you didn't agree with? No, not, not for that, because, you know, that, that, that's a, that's a 50-50 thing, you know, uh, the writers understand it could be offensive, it might not be, it depends on how the wrestler looks at it, so I do believe that um, they knew uh, that uh, wrestlers could be upset about it, um, uh, but, but they presented it to Eddie and said, would this be okay? Yeah. And I think they were being genuine about it. They weren't like, hey, can you do this? And you don't have a choice to do it. Uh, I think they said, hey, we don't have to say this, but this is what we want to say, that you're a drug addict. Are you okay with it? And Eddie just said he was okay. If Eddie would have said, I don't agree with it, they would have said, okay, no problem. And it would have been dropped at that particular time. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's good. That's good to hear that they were willing to receive feedback and take feedback and say, we'll go in a different direction if Eddie said no. And that's, right. I'm always curious about what the environment is like there. All right. Now we have a few questions from our ad free shows members, Kurt AFS slap nut, Charlie Eastman wants to know with WrestleMania 20 being in a smaller arena of Madison square garden, rather than a stadium, did this affect talents, WrestleMania paychecks? You know what? Surprisingly it didn't. And I do believe it's because it's Madison square garden. It's in New York city and tickets are going to be about 10 times more expensive than if they had it at a stadium. So you have 70,000 fans in a stadium. You have 20,000 fans at Madison Square Garden. The tickets at Madison Square Garden are going to be five or 10 times more expensive than at the stadium. So I think they make up for it that way. Makes sense to me. AFS TikTok admin Chris Mason asks, Kurt, how were the nerves heading into such a milestone event for the WWE as the slogan for the show said, where it all begins again. So did you have any nerves or butterflies going into this big match at WrestleMania 20? Uh, of course we always do, especially at WrestleMania, any WrestleMania, you know, we treat every WrestleMania the same. It's like, uh, it's like the, the, the one show during the year, um, that, you know, you lay everything on the line, every, every storyline builds up to it and ends there. Uh, it's the most important pay-per-view of the year. And it, it, it's an honor to be a part of WrestleMania. And I absolutely love it. It's the Super Bowl uh, of wrestling. It definitely has. Yeah. The World Series, the Super Bowl, the NHL, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. It's all wrapped into one. The, the gold medals of amateur wrestling. It's all <laughs> of it, baby. I love it. You're AFS right. Enhancement Talent, Rajiv asks, 
What was the vibe like backstage during the Brock Goldberg match? Were the boys amused by the crowd reaction or as surprised as Brock and Goldberg seemed to be? They were surprised, but, you know, again, they, they weren't surprised. You know, we, we do understand uh, the fans are loyal to us as long as we're loyal to them. And I do believe they felt cheated that, that uh, Brock and Goldberg were leaving. The boys were, um, you know, they they weren't laughing, but they were like, holy shit, I can't believe this is happening. You know, this because the match was such a big match. It was something that everybody wanted to see. Even the boys wanted to see it. And when the fans crapped all over it, it was like, oh, gosh, uh, this is crazy. You know, some guys were laughing. Some guys were like, oh, crap, this is this is horrible. So everybody treated it differently. Well, and you said it too. First of all, it's New York City. The fans are completely dialed in. So they, you know, they've all, they all know what's going on. Number two, it's a WrestleMania crowd. You got people that are flying in internationally. Yeah. They know what's going on. They're all dialed in. They're spending that big money that you, like you said, at Madison Square Garden to be at that event. You're just not getting, you know, the, the, the pop, you know, chewing gum. Hey, I think I might want to watch a wrestling show. No, these are dialed in fans that know storylines. They're reading dirt sheets. They know what's happening here and they're going to shit all over it. If they, if they know what's happening and that's exactly what happened. You're exactly right, Paul. Uh, well, Kurt, listen, that's going to do it for us today, man. What a, what a fun time in the business for you. What an amazing match with you and Eddie Guerrero. We would recommend if you guys haven't done so go back as we're in WrestleMania season, check out that match an all time classic in WrestleMania history, but be between two of the top performers ever in the business, Kurt Angle and Eddie Guerrero. But man, I'm really excited about some of our upcoming shows, Kurt. We're going to have a special guest next week, which I know we're both excited about. It's big time guests coming in. And then in two weeks, we're going to be covering WrestleMania, um, yeah, WrestleMania 18. It's you and Triple H battle it out to be the number one contender. The NWOs in the company full time. Hogan versus Rock. It's the Toronto Sky Dome. And your role is fluid throughout the show. And we're going to talk about that in two weeks. But man, before we sign off, we got to talk about chicken snacks and physicallyfit.com. As I mentioned, I don't know who all saw it, but you know, on your social media, you're in Miami, you're topless, you're down there. We're snapping pictures. We're seeing pictures of you on social media and you're shredded. <laughs> my friend, those chicken snacks are where it's at, buddy. Chicken snacks works. Yes. Physically fit.com. <laughs> so I can't show them to you, but Hey, we have chicken snacks and snack smart, crispy protein bites. One's chicken protein, one's organic plant protein. Um, they're seven ounce bags. There are 11 different flavors. We have cheese pizza, uh, buffalo, wild wing, and blue cheese. Um, we have sriracha, cinnamon honey swirl. mustard. You name it, we got the flavor. And you can go to physicallyfit.com to order yours. That's if right. you use AnglePod, you get 20% off your order, your first order. Or you can become a member on the website. Go to KurtAnglebrand.com, sign up to be a lifelong member, and you get 20% off of chicken snacks and snack smart crispy protein bites for the rest of your life. Wow. Now, Kurt, you're in Miami. Are you, what, what's the diet look like down there? Are you at least enjoying yourself? Are you having some fattening food? <laughs> well, my, my wife gets pissed off at me because I'm always ordering plain chicken breast and steamed broccoli. And <laughs> so I do it here too, man. I just, we have to find places where I can eat uh, because 
I won't have it any other way. I got to keep my weight down because of my knees and my lower back. Uh-huh. And I can't enjoy myself like I used to. I got you. Well, you look incredible. And uh, I'm telling you, part of the regimen for Kurt Angle is physicallyfit.com and those chicken snacks. So Angle Pod gets you 20% off. Definitely check it out. Also, support uh, Kurt over at KurtAnglebrand.com. That's where you can find a lot of other fun stuff. Right, Kurt? Yeah, we got photographs, birthday cards, cowboy hats, uh, milk cartons, T-shirts, cameo video messages. You name it, order it, KurtAnglebrand.com. Order whatever you want, and I'll send it right back to you. Next, over my shoulder right there, that's WildcatBelts.com, where you can find that Kurt Angle American Hero Championship belt. People are now asking. Tax return season is here. Some folks are getting their annual bonus checks for work, and this is what you want to add to your collection if you're a belt collector. It's very, very rare. So go to WildcatBelts.com. Check it out. Andrew is a great, great guy, Kurt. I heard from him last week. I got a really cool T-shirt I can't wait to wear here as we record the show at some point, but he's going to take care of you. And man, it's a beautiful belt, isn't it? Oh, it's awesome. The belt is a custom made belt, Kurt Angle championship belt, quality leather, a 24 karat gold plating, uh, just the detailing. It's awesome. It's- they do an incredible job at wildcatbelts.com. Can't be to check them out. Facebook, Instagram, and you want to follow the show over at youtube.com forward slash the angle pod, along with Twitter and Instagram at the angle pod. And you can follow Kurt on Twitter at real Kurt angle and on Instagram at the real Kurt angle, put the in front of real Kurt angle on Instagram and make sure you're supporting his wife. That's right. Giovanna and Kim Orton at wives of wrestling. I think they're uh, got a few episodes out now, and man, they're rocking and rolling, aren't they, brother? I know she's having a good time. Yeah, she's having a blast, but she keeps losing, and uh, she keeps swear- swearing. Swearing, yeah. She's throwing shots. Every time they swear, they have to drink a shot, and she was hammered last week. They did two episodes, and I think she took about 17 shots. It was horrible. She, she passed out right after was out the rest of the day. <laughs> Kurt, are you su- are you surprised that she's leading the group with the amount of swear words she's using? Is that a surprise to you? No, no, not Giovanna. She loves to swear. <laughs> she even, every once in a while in front of the kids. You know, oh, no. Something sneaks out and she knows <laughs> it. So she's trying to refrain herself from doing it anymore. That's when you break out that old ankle lock <laughs> submission, Kurt. Okay. You know, make her tap out. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll save that for another show, but man, this has been a lot of fun. Listen, you head on back out to the boat, head on back out to the beach. I thank you for dropping in to do this show with us today. Uh, recalling this great match. We'll be back again next week on behalf of Kurt angle. This is Paul Bromwell. We'll see you again next week for another episode of the Kurt Angle Show. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.